Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, before we jump in, could I do this? Anyone that has served, um, it's Veterans Day weekend. Yesterday was Veterans Day, and we make no uh, qualms. We want to honor our veterans today. And so if you would stand, if you've served in any form of military, thank you so much. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you seems like such an understatement, but those are the words that we use. And uh, we do. We're so thankful. Uh, we're so grateful for your service. We're so thankful for your yes, uh, donning the uniform that you did. Um, we, we honor you. Uh, the Bible actually says to honor everyone. So that's a good, good standard for us as a church, as people. But we do. We honor you um, that gave and said yes to, to uh, protecting and standing when others, others didn't, others wouldn't. And um, we just we want to say thank you. And I also want to say thank you and honor the families. Um, I know that there was a great sacrifice made for families, uh, moms and sons and daughters and parents. And, um, and so it's just, you know, I, I wasn't a part of a military family, but I know what it's like to have parents that said yes to a call and their sacrifice. And sometimes the, the, the family can kind of be put in the shadow, so to speak, but they're, they're paying just as much as uh, the men and women. And so, again, we just want to say thank you. We honor you and are so grateful for your service. Can we put our hands together one more time? Amen. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to have you here today online. We're glad that you're here as well. Are you grateful to be in church today? Yes, uh, so am I. What an amazing time of worship and song. My name is Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here, our senior pastor. Um, right now, I don't know exactly where his whereabouts are. Um, he's somewhere in the Bozeman, Montana region, uh, kind of on this bucket list trip trying to find this glorious elk. And so um, be praying for him that he finds it. I'm sure he's going to tune in at some point. He texted me a few days ago and he's like, hey, I'm going off the grid. Here's this satellite number. You know, if you need to get a hold of me, like sounds like, you know, super cool, like he's on a mission or something. And then like four hours later, he's texting me from his phone number. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing out there. But we're excited. We're glad that you're out there able to do that. We hope that you bring something big back, but uh, yeah. Well, hey, uh, this past weekend, just a great message our senior pastor brought about fixing our eyes on Jesus, which I don't know about you, but that's just a, I feel like that's kind of like the standard. We should just go ahead and that's the, that's the, uh, the message, the mantra of our life is following, is following Jesus, keep our eyes fixed on him, the author, the finisher of our faith. And so today as I was just praying and thinking about, all right, Lord, what do you want to speak to us? What do you want to uh, have us just download it and um, I, I kept thinking, man, let's just keep, let's keep fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's look at him for all that he is. Let's, let's see him for, for his glorious way, the, the reality that he is the author, the, he is the finisher, amen? And so uh, we're going to get right into God's word. I want to read some scripture, and then we're going to just unpack it a little bit. Uh, if you've got your Bible, turn to Philippians 2. Uh, we're going to read a couple of verses here, and then we're going to read some scripture in John's gospel in the fifth chapter. 
But Philippians, Paul writes to us, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. I love that because it's like, if you ever need a, just a good do dose of humility, God literally emptied himself in order to become a human. Okay, so the reality is he, he emptied himself so that he could be like us. So again, just a dose of humility. Some of you will get that in a moment. Uh, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 5. I'm going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to unpack this today and allow the Lord to speak to us. Amen. It says this, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Getting the picture, he's, he's saying, hey, there's nothing that I'm going to do unless I'm seeing God the father do it. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does, yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. We keep reading, moreover, the father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has it crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. A few more verses. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority, everybody say authority, to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. Jesus says it again. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Can we say amen to the reading of God's word? Today, again, as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can't help but see a few things specifically in this text. First, the authority that's been given to Jesus. And secondly, the reality that he is amazing. He has the ability to amaze us. Jesus has the authority to amaze us. Today, I want to just talk from that topic. That's amazing. I couldn't think of anything else, but that's amazing because that's who Jesus is. Amen. Let's pray today. Father God, thank you so much, first and foremost, for your goodness. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you that we are here today as we sit under your word. Lord, your word washes over us. We thank you that it's also like a mirror. As we read it, it also reads us. It helps us realign. It helps us recalibrate. It helps us see those places in our own life that need to look more like you. We thank you today that we're going to leave here differently because we've had an encounter with the living God. We thank you that it's like moments like this where you speak to us and we're forever marked, forever changed. And that this word would go down like seed and soil into the heart of each and every person that would hear it. It would take root, it would bear much fruit, and we would continue to walk out this life you've called us to. And that our city, our community, the places in the world that we would go would be changed as well. 
We thank you for this. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We give you honor and glory today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 When's the last time you were amazed? When's the last time, if you, if you stop and think, where was the place? Where was the, the setting? What did it look like? And you just were like, just amazed. You were overwhelmed. You thought, man, this is, this is amazing. Anybody, anybody, can you remember? Can you, can you go back to that place? Some of you are like, ah, everything's kind of over, underwhelming for me. You know, like maybe that's you. and Maybe we need to amaze you a little bit. But I'm thinking about the reality that amazement, there's a few different factors that go into being amazed by something. And one of them, one of them is just lack of experience, right? Lack of experience. I found this video that I think kind of helped portray this a little bit. Let's just watch this. For her birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, let go. Let go. Let go. You gotta help him, Brittany. That's amazing, right? That, that little child for the first time tasted ice cream and just was like overwhelmed. I, I'm still kind of like that sometimes. Ice cream just all over. There's something about being amazed by things. There's something about the, this, this just reality of being overwhelmed. Uh, you know, the truth is, is that there's something about having authority. When, when something is amazing, it has, it has an authority to it, right? That's an element of being amazed, right? I think about the time that I was able to go to the Grand Canyon for the first time, and I think about the, just the, the reality, the breadth, the scope, the, just feeling overwhelmed at how small I was in the, this, grand, this Grand Canyon. And, and, you know, you think about, I'm a sports guy. I watch these guys that I, that I love. There's an authority when I'm watching Steph. There's an authority. I'm being amazed by what he's doing, the fact that he's able to shoot at that, that range. I mean, he makes it look so effortlessly. And, and you know, for some of you, number 15, you, your favorite quarterback, it's, it's amazing to watch these people. And there's an authority to it, right? There's something about it. And you just continue to be amazed. But there's also authority that can be universally recognized. There's authority that, that maybe is, is individual to you. Let me explain. Because some of you, you're amazed by maybe your kids, Right? You're amazed at what they do and how they operate and how they go. And then somebody else brings along, like, their, their kids, and you're like, that's not as amazing as you think it is. <laughs> I mean, you don't say that out loud, but you think it. It's like the people that are like, hey, you should watch this video, right? And they stick it in your face. And, like, the immediate, you're like, how long is this video, right? <laughs> Anybody? If you've never had that happen to you, you're probably the one that does it to other people. And just stop, like. Just, just airdrop it or you maybe just text it to him, right? But the, the fact is, is that there's an authority. There's something to be amazed at. We, we all of us, uh, we, we think about these different settings and scenarios, what it, what it means to be amazed by something. We see in Scripture, throughout Scripture, that Jesus, he carried authority. We see in Mark chapter 1, we see, it says that even as a young, young person teaching, they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority. That's what Mark 1 verse 22 reads. I want to give us today some ways in which we can see Jesus amaze us with his authority. Because Jesus does amaze us. Sometimes I think we, we can kind of just get lulled into just kind of the, just the, the rote living, kind of just going through the motions, kind of just like, ah, you know, this is just another weekend. But can I tell you today that this is not just another weekend. This is a weekend where God is alive and active, and he wants to speak to us. He wants to, he wants to invest something into us. He wants to download something into us. He wants us to leave better. 
We came together as a staff this past Thursday and we prayed and we worshiped and we, we, one of the things that we were just going after was just that God would break any kind of just spirit of indifference or apathy or just that kind of thing of just kind of going through the motions. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a world that so desperately needs to experience and see the love of Jesus. The grace that he offers fully and, and on full display that he wants to put on display in each one of us. The only way that we're able to do that is by, by living, as we even heard in our giving, a, this, this robust life, this, this big life. Amen? So we look at John chapter 5, we, we see this story of actually one of my favorite stories is, is just a few texts earlier, a few verses in, in John chapter 5, the man that was on the mat, the man that was by the pool that, that was paralyzed, he was an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus would go and he would do what Jesus does and he would, he would see the man, he would see the need, he would, he would both see the physical healing that he needed but he also knew that there was something greater that needed to happen. But what did he do? He first healed the man. He told the man, get up and walk. Which I can't imagine being there but, but he, he says, get up and walk. And so now we find ourselves in the later portion of this chapter and the, the religious teachers, they're not really happy with what Jesus has done because he's, he's done some work on the Sabbath, and there's also something even greater happening because he's saying that, hey, um, my, my father is actually God. And so we're, let's look at this as we un unpack today, John chapter five. In verse 19, he, he opens and says, listen, just so you know, just from the get, the only thing that I do is what I've seen the father do. I'm not operating out of anything other than what I'm seeing my father do. So I don't see, I don't hear, I, I, I don't act unless I have seen my father do it. The first thing that we see is that Jesus amazes us through his intimacy. He amazes us through intimacy with the father. He never viewed himself as an isolated individual. His operating center was this intimacy that he had with the father. How many of you want to have intimacy with the Father? How many of you know that like it's mission critical in this life to live from that place as, as a, just a, an intimacy with the Father? He says that I can do nothing of his own accord. It's a big statement by Jesus, the, the Son of Man, for him to say that he can do nothing of his own accord. What's he doing? He's showing us he, he can only operate from this place of, of intimacy with the Father. He's, he's, he's setting this example for, for us. He's setting this example even for the disciples because I, I read through the text and I, you, you read all these stories and the disciples oftentimes were baffled by what Jesus was doing. You, you've seen these texts, maybe you've read these stories. They're, they're constantly like confused and because why? They're ordinary men, which gives us great hope because if we saw this picture perfect, uh, you know, just disciple group, none of us would have any chance. We'd be like, well, these disciples, they were like basically perfect. Well, no, 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 no. Scripture actually says the opposite. They were, they were ordinary men like you and I. And so they're, they're ordinary men and, and Jesus is saying, listen, here's the reality. The only way I'm able to do anything that I do is because I have communion with the Father. I have intimacy with the Father. So he would make statements like this, if, if, if with, with you, with man, it's impossible, but with God, anything is possible. John chapter 15, he, he would go on to give this imagery of the vine and the branches. Listen, the only way you exist as a branch is if you're connected to the vine. And, and, and you think about that imagery, it's, it's intertwined, there's this closeness, there's this intimacy, there's this connection with the Father. This intimacy that, that Jesus carries, it, it should amaze us. You think about somebody, though, 
if you were to be honest, the, say you're at your favorite restaurant and the person behind you, the booth, is a 30-year-old man and, and you're over, overhearing the conversation and he's telling somebody, he's like, you know, yeah, he's like, I, I, just, uh, I just, I only do what my dad does. Like if my dad doesn't do it, I don't do it. Like if, if he doesn't say it, I don't say it. Like if you in this day and age of 2023, if you heard that, you'd be like, bro, you have some serious codependency issues. Like you need, you need to let go. But Jesus, he, that Jesus he, he's got the, the true connection, the communion, the intimacy that we need with, the, with God the Father. Amen. And he's setting this example. He has the authority to amaze us. I, I love that we, we find ourselves in this story. And, of course, these, these religious teachers, they're, they're coming after Jesus. They're, they're, they're saying, who are you to do these things on the Sabbath? What right do you have? And in other gospel accounts, Jesus would actually say, listen, you guys, you're, 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 you're missing the point. You're missing the forest for the trees here. You're, what, what's happening actually is that the Sabbath is, is made for man, not, the, not man for the Sabbath. But I'm actually going to do something even more today. I'm going I'm to put on my, my authority on full display. The greater truth is not, not only that I have the ability to heal this man of his sickness, of being an invalid, of, of being paralyzed, but I also have the power and the authority to save his soul, which is great news for us today. Because God both wants to heal our bodies of sickness and disease, but he also, more importantly, wants to save our soul. And he does it from this place of intimacy with the Father. My, my, my question for us today is what is the closeness, what does your closeness look like? What does what that closeness with the Father look like? Is it, is, it like? is it like here? Is it like a little bit more like here? Is it, is it here? I love what our pastor says all the time about let the whisper of God be the loudest voice in your life. That whisper that God wants to so, so desperately and he so desires to, to speak to you. How do you hear a whisper? By being close, by being quiet, by, by having intimacy. How, how, how are you able to, to build that? Well, you, you do it through repetition. You do it through conversation. You do it through communion. You do it not just once, once maybe on, on a weekend. No, no, you do it day by day by day. This is how we develop intimacy with the Father. The Father desperately wants intimacy with each of us. Like that vine and the branches, that, that intertwine, that, that connection that's not easily broken off. Amen? Jesus amazes us through his intimacy. He sets the bar for us to follow. We keep reading through the story. The second thing that we see is in verse 20. It says that in verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does, yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Jesus shows us through power. He shows us, he amazes us through his power. The, the father loves the son. He says he, that the greater works will be done, that we would be amazed. This man at the pool, he was, he was a, an invalid, 38 years. Can you imagine being bound to a mat for 38 years? Now Jesus' power goes on full display. And what I love is that there's, there's a, a story within, there's always a story within the story, right? I, I, if you, I think that, that plays out in many aspects of life, but especially in this one, because Jesus, he comes across this man, and the first question that he asks him, it seems like an odd one at first, but he says, do you want to be made well? What an interesting question, right? 
like a, an invalid, a man who's been, been bound to a mat for 38 years, and it's like, well, do you want to be made well? I think there's a question for us in that. Because I think sometimes we can get almost a little too comfortable just living the life that we've been bound to. You see, what happened was in, in this particular context, this pool was kind of like in the city center, and so droves of people would walk by every single day. They would see these people. They would see these people, and, and, and maybe they would, would show pity. Maybe, maybe some of these people became professional beggars because that's just what they, they had, had become accustomed to, and so it was almost maybe in some ways easy for them. And so what, what Jesus was asking is, do you want to be made well? Because your whole life is going to change. You won't be bound to that mat anymore. You might actually have to get up and go and do something that you haven't done before. And I wonder today, are, are some of us, if we stop and if we ask, there's areas in our life that, that we've been bound to. And Jesus is saying, do you want to be made well? It's like he actually means, do you want to be made well? He heals him, he, he, he goes on, he heals him, and, he, and, and so he amazes this man. We see this, we see this in the text, and what I love is that Jesus, his authority to amaze through power is always, it seems like, throughout these, these stories in Scripture, it's always like personalized for, for an individual, but, but, but what's happening is something even greater in that there's people, there's people always watching, there's always people around. So like Lazarus, right? He, he raises Lazarus, like the, the royal official in Cana. Like uh, there's all these individualized, personalized power moments, but, but it's always so that others can see Jesus works. Today I want to encourage you that there's, there's things that are happening and God wants to do in you so that other people can see his greater works. Sometimes, sometimes we miss that. Sometimes there's things in life that, that, we, that, that happen, and, and the reality is that they're not even really, like, they're happening to us, but they're not for us. Like, like, it's actually God's wanting to do something in someone else, and so he's using you, he's working through you to show his greater works. I want to I encourage you with that today. I think sometimes we, we, we so want to make it about ourselves, and, and maybe sometimes there, there are those instances, but, but sometimes... The things that God wants to do are going to be through you in order for others to see his good works. Jesus' power is put on full display so that we might be amazed at who he is. And I, and I think about these religious teachers because the truth is, is that they weren't amazed, were they? <laughs> they, they? They, in fact, were on the opposite side of it thinking, like, who is this guy? This guy's just healed somebody. He's just told somebody to get up and walk, like, on the Sabbath, no less. Who is this guy? And here's the thing. They were certain that they were right. How many of you have ever been certain that you were right only to be found out later that you were wrong? Too many stories to tell because I'm married and that, that happens more often than not. I'm not ready to publicly process some of them. But we've all been there. We were certain, we were adamant that we were right. We were like, put it all, put all the chips in, only to find out that we were wrong. My question for us today is how, how many of us are living from that place where we're certain, we are adamant that we know better than God in some areas? We're certain that it should play out a certain way. We're adamant that it's supposed to go this way only for God to 
exposed to us, hey, I actually, I actually know what I'm doing. I, I've actually got a better way. You think you do, but I had to empty myself to be nothing in order to be like you, so why don't you leave the heavy lifting to me? Certain, adamant, and yet so wrong. That's what these religious teacher, teachers, that's, that's where they are at. Now we see in scripture that, that there was actually, there was, it, it was irrational. It was irrational because in John 15 verse 25 it says, but this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. So, so we know, we see that. It unfolds in scripture. But the question still for us today is where are the places we're convinced that we, we know better than God. We, we, don't, we don't say that out loud, but we think it. We believe we have a better perspective than God. We, he needs our help. <laughs> How silly, right? But sometimes we're like, hey, God, I think I got this one. I I, I, I've, I've done some research. I, I've, I've, read, I've read John like three times. Three is the Trinity. I think that's, that's a good amount of time to read it. Where are those places that we lack trust on the authority of Jesus? Because, friends, Jesus will have the final say. I want to become so one with Jesus, so, so intertwined that, that my trust for him is so deep. It runs so deep that I don't even hesitate. When, when it doesn't go the way I want or when it doesn't look the way I want or when I think, man, that, that feels off, that feels out of pocket. But you know what? I'm going to trust that Jesus, he's in control. And the reality is that it, for those of us who believe, it is possible to live from this place. Jesus will go on and he begins to speak on judgment. He, he starts talking about judgment. I don't know about you, but that J word kind of can get, get a little bit intimidating sometimes, right? Judgment, like I, I don't even like being judged by humans, let alone being judged by God. I, I, I talk to people and they're like, man, this, this final judgment, man, that thing's like, that sounds pretty intense. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is kind of intense to think about like the fact that we're going to be judged for every, every word and deed and every thought. I mean, like there's things that, that I've thought pre, pre-knowing Jesus. There's things that I've thought post-knowing Jesus. Like I, I'm, I get it. And yet we start unpacking this and we see that there's, there's more to it. God has something he wants to, to, for us to understand. So we, we read through verses 22 and we start looking at this, the, you know, father's honoring the son, the son's, son's honoring the father, there's glory to the Holy Spirit, like there's all these different things that are happening. It's like this big honor fest, right? But then, then God finally says, listen, I, I'm going to just give you the ability to, to have all judgment, Jesus. How, how many of you know at the end, when it's all said and done, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord? So, so Jesus is going to get his honor. One way or the other. But we see this. All judgment is given to the Son. All authority to execute judgment. And what we see is that it says, uh, I believe it's in verse 27. It says, um, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this. So that's kind of an interesting thing that it says, do not be amazed at this. In other, other texts it says, do not marvel at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. So it's like, don't, don't marvel, don't be amazed that Jesus is, is, is simply the son of God. Now that obviously is a huge factor, but be amazed that he has the ability to judge. Are, are you with me? It's like, yes, Jesus is God, yes. And, and don't marvel and don't be amazed at simply this one thing because it's, 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 there's so much greater works that are going to be done. But be amazed that he has the ability to judge between life and death. So, so, what, so what do we say? What do we take out of that? When, when we begin to fear judgment, what do we do? We, we turn to Jesus. We turn to Jesus. 
Because he's the one who is able to declare life and death. And that's the final point that we have today, that, that Jesus amazes us by loving us to life. He loves us to life. So many of us, we, we, can, we can get so caught in, in again, just these, these mundane, day-to-day things, and, and, and it can slowly actually kill us if, it, if, if, if we're not careful. Because what sin does, sin doesn't just dull you to sleep, it will kill you. It will kill you. And Jesus has come, friends, not to, to bring death, but he's come to bring life. We see this in verse 24 when he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, eternal life is found in me. Sin brings about death. Christ has come to give us life. Transferred from death to life. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Christ's work on the cross has fully and finally canceled death. And to that we should all say amen. The death that we all deserve, the, the judgment that we all uh, uh, really honestly deserve, Christ has come in order for us that we now can cross that threshold from death to life. It's good news for us. Again, there's areas in our lives, each of our lives, if we're really honest, where our senses are dull to the life of Christ and the, and the life that he has available to us almost in some ways desensitized to the, to the spirit of God. Have you ever been desensitized to something? It, it happens, it doesn't usually happen like in a moment, it happens kind of over time. And I wonder sometimes, do we, because we allow certain things in our life to exist, we allow certain mind monsters to kind of take real estate, we, we kind of just become desensitized and we think, well, it's always gonna be that way. Or even worse, we justify certain things. We justify some of the fears, some of the doubts, some of the guilt, some of the anxiety. We, we justify it because it's like, well, I mean, I'm human. I'm only human. Yeah, we are only human, but, but we, have, we have the spirit of God available to us. And, and he wants to shatter those areas. You know, the reality is that desensitization is, is kind of like the, the process of erosion, Right? Give water enough time to just do its work on like a, a piece of rock, like a, a rock. It's going to slowly but, but, but surely start to deteriorate. That, that rock is going to be, it's going to start to break down, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but, but give it enough time, give it enough pressure, give it enough water, just consi- consistently hitting that thing. That's what erosion is. That's what being desensitized is. What are those areas in your life where you're just kind of getting a little desensitized? Those areas that you're, you're slowly dying, you're dying inside of anxiety, dying inside of guilt, you're dying inside of insecurity, dying for, uh, of lack of purpose. Things that, things that any of us are capable of, of potentially giving ourselves to. Today, friends, we, we hear that Jesus has come not for us to die, but for us to live. And he loves us to life. He is saying, I am the authority that you need. And he continues to amaze us to life, to love us to this life he's called us to live. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. His might. So so the strength that we need is not any strength that we can muster on our own. It's his strength. It's his might. And he sets the bar for us because he says, listen, there's nothing that I can do apart from the Father. 
Friends, that's the same thing that he calls us today. There's nothing you can do apart from the Father, apart from intimacy with the Father, communion with the Father. And, and the Father so desires it. There, there's nothing better than I, my kids. I love them. I love them so much. And there's nothing better than when they just come running into my arms. There's nothing better. I mean, there's a few things that are close, but, but there's nothing better. God desires that Father, our Father God that so desires for us to, to that, that communion, that intimacy. You know, I, I think that it's, it's the, I love the prodigal story so much because it's this story of, of, of yes, a, a prodigal son and a proud older brother, but, but most importantly, it's the, it's the story of a loving father who waits, earnestly waits, even when his son's being an idiot, even when his son is, is running and doing everything that, that he knows he shouldn't be doing. How many of you know that's all of us at any given time? Things that we, we know are not what the Father has for us, but the Father still waits earnestly, patiently, with this great love and expectation in his heart that the son's gonna return home. I love that imagery. Today, there's nothing that we can do apart from God. Many of you know that. Many of you are living from that place. I encourage you, I charge you to keep, keep running. Some of you today are maybe not in that place yet. But, you, but, but, but there's good news because today's the day of salvation. Would you stand with me as we close? Jesus has the authority to amaze us. I pray today that, you're, that all of us, myself included, our eyes would be more open to the amazement that Jesus, who he is, the authority that he has. Pray that we would see Jesus more clearly today. That's my prayer. Let's pray today. Maybe you're in this room today and you've yet to say yes to Jesus. You've yet to answer the call that the Father would, 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 would put out there for you that, that he has a way, he has truth, and he has life to offer you. And today you're saying, before, before I'm able to, to even take one more step, the first step I have to take is saying yes to Jesus. And so maybe today you're in the room, maybe today you're online, but today is the day of salvation. God wants to move. He wants to speak. This is a moment where the Holy Spirit is, is working. The, the Holy Spirit has actually been working this whole time, but the only one that can draw people unto the Father is, is through the Spirit. And so right now, if, if, if this is you, you're saying, yes, there's something going on inside of me, I, I want to tell you and affirm that that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Today you're saying, today's the day of salvation. I, I want to enter into this eternal life that I've, I've heard about, that I'm, I'm seeing in Scripture. Today I want to say yes to Jesus. I, I, would just, I would encourage you to raise your hand so that I can see exactly who I'm praying for. Maybe you're online and you're, you're in there and, and you're seeing. I see that hand back there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. see a couple hands, three hands. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you do this? Would you pray just after me? You can make it your own prayer. This is, this is your moment with the Father. For those of you that are in this room and you've said yes to Jesus, I'm going to encourage you to just, just an act of solidarity, a family. This is what happens when you, when you say yes to Jesus. You enter a family, the family of God. I want you to repeat this prayer from here. Dear Jesus, today's the day. I give you my life, all that I am, all that I hope to be. I place it in your hands. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I'm yours. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for those who made that declaration? I see you, and I'm so proud of you. I also want you to know, more importantly, that, that God sees you. The Father sees you. And he so desperately wants to foster that, that, that thing that's happening on the inside of you. And so we've got some people at Fresh Start that would love nothing more than just to put some resource in your hand and also just to, just to stand alongside you. And, and, and I, I hope, again, we never lose sight. We don't ever get dull to the fact that, that heart change, etern eternity is happening in moments like this. It's easy to kind of go through the motions, but may we, may we not be those types of people. Amen? Amen? Father God, I thank you again for your work. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for the, the finished work that is on the cross. We thank you for Jesus. Today, I pray, God, that each of us, our eyes and our hearts, would be more open to the reality of who you are so that we can live and walk out what we've just heard. We thank you that you give us every single thing that we need in order to do so. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.